For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by RocksPile.com. My name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. Thanks for joining us. We always appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us for a few minutes of Rocky Talk. And by us, I mean me being joined by my fellow co-expert and friend, Noah Yingling. Good morning, Noah. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, doing well, doing well, ready to see what these last 18 games of the regular season hold for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Be sure you check out the article that I wrote this morning on three things that I think the Rockies need to do in these last 18 games. And I'm going to skip to my third point to start our podcast today, and that is to see what kind of pitching they really have coming back into next season. And Noah, you know, you and I have talked a lot about uh, what what they have on the mound. And there's been some some positive strides, at least very recently, and I'm talking a small sample size here, but at least with Peter Lambert and Jeff Hoffman, and you wrote a great piece the other day about Hoffman and his, some of his positive steps. But these are two guys that I think the Rockies really have to have under the microscope heading into the end of the season to see if they're really in competition for the back end of the rotation next year. Yeah, and I mean, you're at the point where, uh, and we've discussed this before, how all five of the Rockies pitchers, or starting pitchers, going into opening week are on the injured list. So, I yeah. mean, part of the Rockies' issue, as we all know, is if if you aren't a homer, that is, you know that they don't have any depth. Yep. So, now, granted, most franchises can't replace all five of their starting pitchers. So you can get it to an extent, but you can see with in the next two and a half weeks or so, and we have been a little bit of who is able to step up to the occasion. And I mean, really all they've had is Tim Melville and the last two starts, they've seen some glimpses from Jeff Hoffman and they just will have to determine whether or not they can use them next year in a starting role or maybe even in a relief role if they happen to find somebody else on the trade market or um, free agent market. They would probably have to go the trade route because, uh, to be honest, most pitchers aren't going to want to come to Denver, especially with the way the ball has been um, in Major League Baseball in general with giving up home runs. But Coors Field, I mean, your your numbers, I mean, 
we've seen with free agents, Mike Hampton, Daryl Kyle, sure. and, and others, um, that a lot of pitchers aren't going to want to come to Coors Field. So we'll have to see, obviously, how that's going to be addressed this off season. But, I mean, you're starting to see some glimpses of hope, at least in a few of the starters. Now, some of them, like, for example, Peter Lambert. Now, granted, he's young. And he even saw a little bit of a glimpse of pitching well yesterday. But as I discussed in, in that Hoffman article, in his previous six starts, Lambert had an ERA north of 10. Yeah. So, but also, too, in his uh, start yesterday, he was facing the Padres. And the Padres are arguably the worst hitting team in the majors, and they're playing in arguably the most hitter or the most pitcher friendly park in the majors. So, especially with Lambert in his next start, you'll have to see whether or not he continues that, or if it was maybe just a fluke. Yeah, you know, and, and we, there are 18 games left in the season, starting Tuesday night when the St. Louis Cardinals come in for a three game series. And so you're looking at 18 games, and I'm going to use that college degree that I paid so much for and some math skills here. So if you have a five-man rotation, 18 games left in the season, there are some guys that are going to have three starts left. There are some who are going to have four. And that's really all that you've got left this season pitching-wise to look at which one of these guys could make an impact in 2020. And, you know, as I wrote this morning, you've got John Gray, you've got Kyle Freeland, you know, Herman Marquez, you know, those three guys are going to be part of the rotation next year. I think Tyler Anderson is a huge question mark. We don't know what's going on with him and his health. It's been very quiet on that front. So, you know, and, and Chad Bettis, um, again, we don't know his uh, future with the franchise. You've got Spencer Teller. There's so many guys that are lurking on the surface out there. So I think if you're really looking to handicap who might have the edge for 2020, if you're looking at a back-end rotation guy, I think right now you've got to be honest and say Tim Melville could be that guy or that, that guy who could at least start the season in the rotation. And then after that, you know, Noah, I'm going to throw it at you. Who do you think needs, has the most left to prove in these last three to four starts that he has this season? Um, overall, I would probably say it's Senzatella. Yep. Um, because, I mean, we've seen glimpses of him um, pitching well, but this year, I mean, he's just not had it. Um, and for Chichi Gonzalez, I, I'm interested to see how that will be, considering he was out of baseball for, well, out of Major League Baseball, I should say, for a few years. Yeah. Um, so I think he's got a lot to prove as well, because he's just trying to stay on a Major League roster. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockies kept him as a long reliever or somebody like that. Um, but I mean, you also have to consider the Rockies have a few of those guys that could fit into that role, whether it's Senzatella or Hoffman or really anybody in the starting staff could be a long reliever. Um, for most teams, they would be a wrong, long reliever of how they pitch. Um, but I mean, Wes Parsons has been doing that for the Rockies yep. in the past few weeks. 
You've got Rico Garcia. You've got Tinoco. You could even have Joe Harvey do it. Um, Yancy Almonte. So, I mean, all the guys that are in the starting staff right now are not going to be in the starting staff next year. No. So, no. But yeah, with Senzatella, I mean, he's been at the major league level the most out of the five starters that the Rockies have right now. And he arguably is the worst one of the five. You know, and it's, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, I wrote an article for the Rockies magazine uh, back in their August issue. And I talked to Steve Foster and Bud Black both about Sensatella. And think back to the start of this season. If you remember back to spring training, Senza was very much in line for that fifth starter spot and ended up with a heel injury. And I think... Talking to people, that heel injury was a little bit worse than maybe we realized at the time, uh, and it maybe set him back a little bit more than we thought as far as recovering from that. But had that heel injury not happened, Senzatella was very much going to be your fifth starter to begin the season. And Bud Black told me that nobody in his mind had a better spring training on the mound than Senzatella did. So it's interesting to me to see how far we've come now. And, and granted, this has been, you know, quite the interesting season. Uh, and use interesting in whatever context you like. But to see how far Senzatella has dropped off from having maybe the best spring training of any pitcher to all of a sudden us now going, is this a guy that even fits into the plans moving forward? Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, that's how it is for a lot of guys Yeah, right now. I mean... You could even say that, I mean, granted, he will be returning next year, is Kyle Freeland. Yeah. Because, I mean, his his fall has been of epic proportion. I mean, how do you go from coming fourth in the Cy Young voting to, now granted, he's injured, but he's got an ERA north of seven. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't expect him to be that bad next year. But he's not going to be the 285 pitcher, at least I don't think. No, and, and I think he's going to be somewhere of the four, four and a half ERA. But how many of those guys can you afford to have in your starting rotation? And, and I think we have to temper, you know, I, I wrote back in March the three reasons why the Rockies wouldn't make the postseason. And I linked it in this morning's article. Uh, you know, but one of the things that I talked about why they wouldn't make the playoffs this year, and sorry I was a Debbie Downer at the time, but one of the things that I said was that there was going to be regression on the mound from both Marquez and Freeland. Now, did we see this much coming? Absolutely not. But you cannot expect the guy to hit a 285 ERA the rest of the time pitching half of his game at Coors. And I know that some will say that's a lazy take or whatever it might be, but history backs up the fact that Coors Field will jack up your ERA. And I don't care how much you've pitched in Denver. I don't care how much that you've been raised in the altitude and everything else. At some point, it's going to bite you. And that's where we're at with a Marquez and a Freeland and even, dare I say, a John Gray, that all these guys are going to have their rough starts. But it's a matter of those rough starts becoming few and far between rather than the norm. And that's what we saw so much this year. And, and unfortunately, may see these last 18 games of the season with some of these pitchers who are going to take the norm. 
Yeah, and I mean, with how you're saying how it was a lazy take, and some people say that. The problem is it's not a lazy take because it's true, like you were saying. I mean, what have we seen this year? We've seen a lot of Coors Field starts. Even not in Coors Field, but to be quite honest, um, from the Rockies. And, like, for example, yesterday, I was list- I was in the car and I was listening to the Rockies game, and since they were on the road, um, Sirius XM, they carry the home um, broadcast. So I was listening to the Padres radio, and they were talking about the Father's Day series. Yep. And they were saying, you know, that's not even really baseball, because how many runs are being scored? And they were just saying, in general, with the Rockies, that's something that especially in the past few years and i mean we especially last year and this year entering this year we thought just about everybody thought that pitching would be their their strength and now you're going to enter the 2020 season and wonder what in the world do yeah. we have and that's the problem is because they there's zero consistency right now and also too as we discussed there's zero depth yeah. And, you know, and if you think back to the beginning of the season and you think back to spring training and you're exactly right. We all thought, you know what? It's Daniel Murphy coming in. That's going to boost up the offense because that's the weak link here. And, you know, let's be honest. That hasn't exactly worked the way that everybody thought it was going to offensively or defensively. But it's also been the case that that was the the call because the pitching was going to be so strong. And across the board, it hasn't been. Now, we can't do anything about this past season. It's gone. It's over. This season's done. We all know that. There are 18 games left. And, and as I wrote this morning, we've got a lot of things still to look at this year. But in my mind, it's these young guys, especially on the pitching side that have to be evaluated and wins and losses at this point don't matter do i want to see them lose 100 games this season absolutely not but i would much rather see them roll guys out there for evaluation so that we know what the rockies have heading into 2020 rather than still wondering if hoffman Sinzatella, lambert you know all these guys are still part of the mix when we go to arizona next year to watch them in spring training yeah, and this offseason, it's going to be very interesting to see what's done. Because, I mean, you, A, are going to be deciding on those pitchers. What are you going to do? You also, too, in my mind, you have to decide whether or not you want to contend next yeah. year. And, I mean, because you've got Arenado, you have Story, you have Blackman for the next three years. You have to determine whether or not you think you're too far away from contention, especially, I mean, we know right now the Dodgers are leaps and bounds ahead of the Rockies. And the Padres are getting better. And the Giants, I mean, they they played better this year than we thought. The Diamondbacks, the the Diamondbacks are right in the wild card right now. And and do not. So, I mean, you have to determine that. Yeah, and, and don't expect the Giants just to sit back this, this offseason and go, eh, we're good. 
I guarantee you if they won't do that, they will work to get better next year. And so I think you're right. What road are the Rockies going to take? Now, I think there's a lot that can be done to rebuild the bullpen. And some of that is obviously going to be dependent on what contracts they can move, if any, this offseason. They're going to free up some salary space for that. But I think, you know, we talked about how starting pitching maybe isn't going to happen coming into course, but there are certainly some tweaks that can be made in the bullpen and on the relief side uh, in the offseason. But I think, again, going back to what we've been saying, you've got to know if Tinoco's a guy, is Diaz a guy, is Estevez a guy, is Almonte a guy. You know, and some of these guys are going to provide AAA depth. I get that. But you've got to know how they perform at the major league level when and if their number's called in 2020. And also, too, uh, you have to decide, and this one will obviously be made early, who, if anybody, is going to be fired. I mean, there's some people calling for Bud Black's job. There's a lot more people calling for Jeff Breidich's job. And in my mind, that's for good reason, because the drafts have not been well. We all know the free agent signings have been, uh, the best way to put it is atrocious. Um. And then trades, he really hasn't made any. But, I mean, I was looking this morning, and a comparison to what the Rockies have had the past three years is the Pirates of about seven, eight years ago. I mean, they had had a long stretch of losing. They hadn't had a 500 record or above in over 20 years. And they go in, well... 2012, they still had not been above 500, and they were above 500 two-thirds into the season. I believe they were six or seven over, and they did absolutely nothing at the trade deadline. And, well, I shouldn't say absolutely nothing. They traded for Wandy Rodriguez and Travis Snyder. No. Not much. And they fell below 500. 2013... They happen to get into the wild card game, and they win it, go to the NLDS, actually take it to five games against the Cardinals. Um, but again, what did they do? They had, at the trade deadline, they did nothing. They traded for Robert Andino. That's it. Um, and they had a good core around them, like the Rockies have right now. Uh, in 2013, they had the core of Starling Marte, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, Neil Walker had a good season for them. And then on the pitching front, they had Gar- uh, young Garrett Cole. They had Charlie Morton. Um, but they fell short. 2014, almost the same exact thing happens yet again. And then 2015. Pretty much the same thing happens again. And then they fell off the wagon. Now, granted, they had a longer period than the Rockies, but and they're also a smaller market than the Rockies, but they had numerous free agent signings. Rod Barajas, Clint Barmas, uh, former Rocky, Eric Bedard, A.J. Burnett, um, and some trades that they had, too. Um, and another free agent signing was uh, Russell Martin and it didn't, none of those really worked out for them. And that's essentially the point that the Rockies are at. 
the pirates kind of made the decision to step back. But also, too, last year they made a peculiar move and they traded some of their top prospects for to Tampa for Chris Archer. That hasn't worked out well for them because Chris Archer yep. is not pitching well. So, and Neil Huntington, their general manager, has been there for 10 years. In fact, more than 10 years. He was hired in September of 2007. Um, so, and their drafts haven't been particularly well either. They drafted Pedro Alvarez, um, Tony Sanchez, Vic Black. These were their first round picks his first few years there. And they did have some good ones. Uh, Jameson Tyon, Garrett Cole, um, Austin Meadows, but they traded Austin Meadows in the Archer deal. Um, that's a that's a comparison for the Rockies. I mean, you could kind of see if they decide to go down the non-contending route, which no. I, I don't think they will. But with being hamstrung with some of these signings that they made, Wade Davis, Brian Shaw, Ian Desmond, Daniel Murphy, are you going to be able to trade them? I don't think you will be able to unless you eat some of the money. but you're trying to trade them to save money. So how much better are you really going yeah. to be able to get this off season? And that's the problem the Rockies are going to have. If you go in with the same team, the definition of insanity is doing the same exact thing and expecting different results. Now, granted, I think you're going to have different results because you're, you shouldn't, I say shouldn't being the operative word, have as many injuries, but the, the team's still not a playoff team. And, and I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot concerning and a lot that we're going to get into on another podcast coming up for real soon. Uh, but I, I think that we've got to look at the past as a playbook for the future. And, you know, whenever you and I were talking earlier about Pittsburgh beforehand, and our friends at Rum Bunter, I'm sure will agree with this, that there were a lot of missed opportunities to keep a short window of contention open and make it bigger. And the Rockies are slipping down that slope. And I think this offseason, pitching-wise, decision-wise, contract-wise, everything else, I think this, you could argue, this is, could be the biggest offseason in Rockies history. Just because there are so many directions that this could go, and some of them are really good, and some of them not so much. And I think that's something that we're going to be keeping an eye on, obviously in this off season. So Noah, thanks for the time, man, as always. I know we didn't get to a lot of things that you and I were wanting to talk about today, but uh, that's why we have future podcasts coming up this week as well. So looking forward to chatting with you then. All right. And thanks to all yep, of you for listening. Good. We like to keep these short and sweet to give you the maximum amount of information in the shortest amount of time. Make sure you're checking us out on rockspile.com, following us on Twitter at rockspilefs. And for my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And again, thank you for listening to The Rocks File, Rockies Report. Colleague, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And again, thank you. For you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.